Matt Stepp, we're once again working on Labor Day. Does that make us heroes to the American worker? I think I'm a hero. Tap and step your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tupper. Celebrating Labor Day. I am the step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. We are the one thing that we are doing to celebrate Labor Day is that we're not doing this in the office. That's essentially Correct. it. Um, Correct. Uh, yeah, we decided to record remotely. You you did go into the office today mm-hmm. uh, and, and you put out a show and did, did some prep work. Uh, I I was off from my big boy job, my per, my president business job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were kind enough to not not ask me to make the hour drive to Louisville to come in and record the show. When I'm when I'm in the office at my day job, it's like about a 40 minute drive from my house. So I'm already kind of on the way there. So it's not a big deal to go in, but from home, it's a little tougher mm-hmm. to go into the office, you know? So I, I appreciate you being such a, uh, a kind and just boss. Yeah. yeah. Not many people, but many, yeah. Many people are saying, right. Many people are saying this is your week three preview edition of Tep and step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber coming up here in just a minute. We're going to recap week two. And we are going to dive into our week three game draft. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Ah, Country Meats. Sweet, sweet clean country meats. Uh, so shout good. out to our shout out to our friends at Country Meats. We all love the game of football, and they're here to make fundraising easy for your team. Head on over to countrymeats.com rather and use discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com, they're probably not working on Labor Day because they, you know, why would they? They've already they've already made uh, the delicious meat sticks, meat snacks. Yeah, now they're just waiting for you to come and come and purchase them. So go to countrymeats.com. Thank you, Country Meats. Matt Step, it's your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. It's the game that's got everybody talking. It's Liberty Hill 82, Hutto 80 in what was the uh we've we've now figured out it's tied for the fourth highest scoring 11 man Texas high school football game ever but Matt Step Hutto joins a elite and i would say uh a group you don't want to be on Matt okay. Step who is the only other Texas high school football team UIL 11 man to score 80 points and lose it's got i'm thinking here that it's gonna be it's like nacogdoches and jacksonville both played like they played like two insane games three new overtime rules i want to say nacogdoches won both of them so i'll say jacksonville matt step you have got it surrounded but you've got it reversed 
Um, The answer is Nacogdoches. Uh, In 2010, Jacksonville and Nacogdoches played an 84-81 game, um, which was uh, the second highest scoring 11-man Texas high school football game ever. Um, And Nacogdoches scored 81 points and lost. Uh, So Hutto has the... Sorry, a, a funny story about that game. I want to say that game was in week 11. Mm-hmm. And Nacogdoches, because of district tiebreakers, had to win by like six or more. So like Nacogdoches was like intentionally in a couple of the overtimes kicking field goals instead of going for touchdowns because they needed to win by six. It was something something crazy like mm-hmm. that that caused that game to go a lot further than it than it than it could have so so memory Jack- serves correctly uh, that sounds right that was in 2010 yeah. Nacogdoches and Jacksonville and 84 81 Jacksonville win four years later in 2014 Jacksonville and Nacogdoches played an 85 79 game <laughs> <laughs> so those two what teams a rivalry those two teams have played two of the three highest scoring games in Texas high school football history. Uh, the highest scoring game, of course, Bells and Celeste, 2016. Bells, 94. Celeste, 74. But In regulation. Hutt, in regulation. But Hutto... Uh, Hutto so, so I would say that Hutto must be the first team to score 80 points in regulation and lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, but... This is uh so yeah it's it's uh, a dubious company but Hutto yeah. uh is the is the second highest scoring losing team in Texas high school football history. You think Hutto's defensive coordinator is able to look the offensive coordinator in the eye this week? Because the offensive coordinator's over here like dude, we scored 80 and we lost. Like the, we scored 80. I mean it really does it does speak to and I I don't know. This is a real vibe check on where you stand in Texas high school football. That if you saw that game, if you saw 82, Liberty Hill 82, Hutto 80, and you thought like, oh my God, that's crazy. That's that's so weird. Um, then like you're just you're a normie. And if you saw Liberty Hill 82, Hutto 80, and your first thought was Slot T man. <laughs> then, yeah, slot T then, is the devil. And you're a sicko like us. And yeah, you're probably listening to this podcast. The um, there it is. Your the, sick, the sickos committee did enjoy uh, Hutto Liberty Hill. I saw the sickos <laughs> committee had had comments. I and mean, they, they run the slot T at tempo. Like it's ridiculous. And 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 the, I mean, it works. Like that's this is why they run it. Is because it, it works. Mom, it works. Yeah. So it there works. it is. Your, your your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's quickly zoom through um, our week, um, our, our, our week, the little week two recap, a little week two uh, uh, look behind, so to speak, as it were, in a way. Um, and and we'll talk about well, basically what we'll do, if you're OK with this. I'm going to go through the games that we picked last week and we can just kind of talk a little bit about whether or not they lived up to our expectations sure, uh that feels sure. that feels like a decent uh, a decent kind of structure to look at Over this the, so, uh, of the weeks so last week i took centerville and crawford um and i would say that centerville looked the part of uh, a contender at least in region three they'll have to get through some some really tough teams but mm-hmm. that was impressive from the tigers yeah, I think Crawford's a little down. I think I think we can kind of you know, two weeks, two 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 data points. We can say Crawford's probably taking a step back, and Centerville mm-hmm. is right there, 
um, in the mix once again. So I think we both kind of thought Centerville would win and, and the Tigers took care of business. We took Melissa and China Spring. Um, we are two data points in, and I am comfortable saying that Melissa is that team. They're the real deal, and they oh. their offense is, is humming. China Spring did was able to do some things on their defense, though. So I, I think mm-hmm. if you're if you're a Melissa detractor, you can point at that and say, hey, you know, four A school put up thirty three on them, and 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 that game, Melissa ran out to a big lead. Mm-hmm. And China Spring kind of clawed back in it, and I want to say got it to 42-27 at one point. That sounds right. And then Melissa kind of hit the gas again. But, I mean, China Spring did do some things. So, you know, I, I 30-point margin is pretty significant. Melissa's clearly better than China Spring. But um, if if there is one negative, I would say that, you know, China Spring maybe yeah. did, did find some things to, to expose, you know, find f- found some some – so made some hay against Melissa. I wasn't locked into that game because I was working on Bally, but I will say that we we had a reporter there and go because so I was kind of keeping up with it. And it does seem like Melissa ran out to a big lead and then they were just kind of like happy to trade scores the rest of the way. And I don't know if it ever got I don't know if it ever got hairy. I think it got one possession away from being hairy, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah. China Spring had gotten one more stop, then it's like okay, they got the ball down fifteen or yeah, something like they're, that. They're getting in, in the danger zone territory. Yeah, yeah most certainly. Um, all right, we also took Malakoff and Grandview. Um, uh, Malakoff's the real deal. I'm, I'm. So I got two data points from this. Malakoff's the real deal, and boy, Glen Rose is way down. Yeah, way down. Yeah, uh, I think I. I I picked Grandview. I kind of think mm-hmm. Grandview kind of had Malakoff's number, and they were at home. And boy, no, I was wrong. Malakoff just obliterated Grandview. I, I think, I think Malakoff is is a is the you know they're the they're the clear front runner in Region Two at the moment. Once again, I think that's absolutely right. Um, Bushland and Canadian uh, about like we we thought. Um, I thought that was yep. impressive. Yep. Uh, if you had any questions about the Canadian offense, you uh, those are those I think have been solved. Uh, that was a really impressive. Yeah, we got a good data point. We got a good data point on Canadian after playing an Oklahoma school week one, and they're playing another Oklahoma school this week. So mm-hmm. this was a good litmus test to see where Canadian st- stacks up, and I think they stack up uh, like where we think they're. They beat a really good three A Division one team by three touchdowns. Uh, the game you were on the call on on Saturday night, Katie Tompkins and Bridgeland and uh, Maximum Bears. I I think I I think you may have to start uh, talking Maximum Bears. Bridgeland uh, looks the part. They they've got two really nice wins on their uh, on their docket. They beat they beat Cyfair in week one, and they beat Tompkins la- last week. Now they're living dangerous. They beat Cyfair by a point, and they went to overtime with Tompkins and. Needed Tompkins kicker to shank a 34-yard field goal at the end of regulation to get to overtime. But cre- credit to the Bears. They, they got it done. They're, they're, they look like a very good team and, and, and a contender in a 16-6A. Atascacita beats Katie for the very first time. And um, I don't know. I don't... <sighs> I don't know how to feel about this game. I've I've, tr- I've rolled it around in my head enough that I think I've just settled on a task seat is pretty darn good. And if North Shore were to fall back to the pack, I think they'd be a threat to them in re- in Division One. Um, I'm part of me also wonders if Katie's just going to be like pretty good for Kate by Katie standards. 
So I watched a good portion of this game uh, on Texan Live. Thank you, TexanLive.com. Thank you. Uh, I think, number one, a task to see this. The, the vibe that I got was a task to see. Now, I didn't have the volume on because I was in the press box, but the vibe that I got was a task to see this better than Katie. And it was pretty clear they were a better team than Katie. Katie did show some scrappiness and some fight and some grit, which I like. I think Katie's not a finished product. I, I think Katie's mm. going to be the kind of team that gets that's that you might not want to play them week ten. Like, like I think I think they're going to be ascending. Um, I, I think I saw some good things from Katie, especially in the passing game. Katie's throwing it a little bit more than they usually do this year. Maybe that's by necessity, but but I, I think both teams walk away feeling kind of decent about themselves. I, I think the biggest thing for Katie though is their tackling in space is just not there yet. They've they've got to get better. And that, and that defense is predicated on being able to tackle in space, and they're not doing a great job of it through two weeks. They're going to have to improve, especially because they've got Tompkins this week. Speaking of um, a game where I feel like both teams come out of it feeling pretty good, uh, Stratford beats Sunray. And I think we if you go back and listen to what we said last week, we said that we needed to see Sunray hang with Stratford. Um, to to feel like they were like real actual contenders and not just as I kept saying like everyone's second favorite team, um, they didn't win obviously Sunray didn't win but like I come out of this feeling like okay no they can hang like that that's a that's a state ranked two A division one team and went on the road and look they had the lead with about five minutes left Stratford scored got a stop that's the way baseball go but like I think if you are both Stratford and Sunray you're coming away feeling like okay this was a good result for both of us. Agree. Sunray had the lead and the ball. Oh wow! And they were driving. They were driving. They were in Stratford territory and went for it. Took a gamble on a fourth and five, fourth and six, and turned it over on downs. And then Stratford went and scored. Sun Sunray went for the kill shot. Mm-hmm. They were going for the kill shot. The two score credit to them. It's a gamble, mm-hmm. and I think it's a gamble when you're an underdog in non district. You take. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't have it. You know, I I, I walk, left walking away feeling pretty good about Sunray, and I I think they've moved from yeah they're a fun team, but mm-hmm. I think they've moved out of that realm and into they're a contender into a Division two Region one. The it also brings up a conversation I want to touch on briefly because we were putting together uh, ourselves putting together the the state rankings this week and two A division two. This is just the portion of the year where the two A division two rankings are going to be a mess because you've got these teams at the top, right? Uh, uh, you know, Mart looks really good. Albany looks really good. Like we got no notes on them, but then because you've got this, it's the smallest 11 man classification. You have a number of these teams who have these warts, and who have these losses. And so we kept, for example, number nine, Fall City got got beat by 33 by Poth. And then Sunray loses to Stratford. But we kept them we kept them steady at nine and ten, respectively. Part of that is, and we had a conversation about this, part of that is, A, they're punching up and, you know, po, you know, for, for Fall City, they're punching up an entire classification, two divisions, mm-hmm. um, against a team that played in the state championship last year. And then the other thing is, I don't know if there was anybody in 2A Division II who like capitalized and like impressed us so much. It's like, oh no, we have to put them in the rankings. We were already going to drop out teams like Bremond, who that's a oh, that's a weird loss for them. Uh, well, losing Braylon Wortham has really hurt them. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. transfer to co- him transferring to College Station has left a massive hole. 
in Vermont. So, so if, if you are looking at the 2A Division II rankings and you're like, this is kind of funny, like we agree. We're just kind of in this weird in-between where all these teams, with the exception of the teams at the very, very top, have kind of incomplete resumes and we're kind of forced to rank the incomplete resumes with projections and and kind of gut feel almost. Yeah, it's a weird time. You know, there's not a lot of depth in 2A Division II either. Mm-hmm. So you have that. You have the really good teams are all punching up out of their weight class or they're playing each other. You know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you're going to have some teams with some losses, probably the rest of non-district. You know, we're probably I don't think the 2A Division II rankings are really going to settle until about week seven. When mm-hmm. Everyone's in district play. Uh, three more real quick. Uh Sybil of Steel and Lake Travis. Well, the shine came off of Sybil of Steel in a hurry. Yeah, Lake Travis's defense is the real deal. Through two weeks, they've given up 16 points. So credit to them. You know, I look at the stat line. I do see Steel Steel control. Steel's defense did a really good job. Steel yeah. outgained Lake Travis. The biggest issue for me with Steel was they moved the ball. They couldn't run the ball, especially in the red zone. Their mm-hmm. offensive line just got handled by Lake Travis's front seven. That was the one big concern I had about Steele going into the season, and it's still a concern heading into week three. Yeah, I don't think Steele can live up to that potential unless that offensive line gels and, and starts to play better because they've got their running backs are too good to not be able to get yardage in the red zone. Uh, Lake Travis's offense is still very much work in progress, but like mm-hmm. that defense is is ready ready for prime yeah. time. And now Lake Travis gets into the portion of their schedule where their offense can kind of start to click because they, they start district play this week. A lot, all the nine team districts, which there's a lot of them are starting district this week. I think now Lake Travis is going to kind of get into a rhythm before their two really big district showdowns that are looming against Dripping Springs and Austin Westlake. Louisville and Highland Park. Uh, there's a reason that only one team has ever walked into Highlander Stadium uh, in, in, in what, the last t- 10 years, 15, 20 years? 25 um, years, 1998. 1998. There's only been one team one since team. 1998 uh, from, from Texas, Texas to do that. Uh, and Louisville found out the hard way. Uh, Scotty's find a way. It was not pretty, but like what I appreciate is that Highland Park was like, we're going to muck it up and we're going to make you play in the muck with us. Cause we, I think Highland Park probably knew they couldn't run with Louisville. And so they just, they just put a, they put a, a lid on the, on the game and said, Nope, we're going to play this game in a phone booth. And it was really impressive. There's a little bit of a concerning trend here with Lewis here with Louisville from last year and now early on this year. And it's that when Louisville runs up against a team that is in their weight class talent wise, they haven't been able to get the win. Mm-hmm. The two losses there Louisville's best win last year is either over Coppell or Allen. Mm-hmm. And I think both Louisville was significantly better and more talented than both of those teams. Mm-hmm. Their two losses were to other than that. I mean, they lose, they lose to prosper last year and they lose to Highland park last year. They blow out the t- Louisville beats the teams. They should beat badly. And that's a credit to them. But to, in order to be that elite team and take that next step, you're going to have to beat someone that can punch with you and be in your weight class. And it seems like right now when someone punches Louisville back, they're not able to come away with the win. And that's a little bit of a disturbing trend as we get, because at this point, Louisville's probably not going to play anyone that's going to be able to punch them back until the playoffs. Uh, and finally, uh, Monahans and Andrews, and uh, welcome once again back to the Chino Navarrete uh, hive. Uh, 
he is uh hashtag dudes rock. <laughs> yeah. Chino is the real deal. And, and you know, Andrews, I'm, I'm impressed with Andrews, how quickly mm-hmm. they've adapted to pick up the slot T. Um, it's working for them. They got a nice win over Randall. They, they played Monahan's tough, uh, but Chino Navarrete is, is the real deal. And he's, he carried Monahan's last year to a regional final. I, I think he could do the same, if not even more as a senior, this Monahan's team is impressive and starting to knock on the door of being state ranked. And you've got to put them maybe as the favorite in for a division two region one, especially considering Glen Rose's uh, precipitous fall. Uh, so there it is. There's a little bit of week two. Was there anything else that, that caught your eye week two? Um, I am, I don't know. I'm uh, Houston to... Lamar. Houston yeah, Lamar. Oh my gosh. Really impressive win uh, for them. And staying in the Houston area, I, I tweeted about this. Re- big shout out to Houston Wisdom and Houston Scarborough. Both those teams are 2-0. and You know, if, if you know anything about high school football, especially the Houston area, those are two programs that have been Really, really bad for a Man. really, really long time. And they're two of the most difficult jobs in the state of Texas. And I'm not saying either of those two teams are going to make the playoffs or do anything like that. Part of the beauty of Texas high school football is seeing teams and programs like that kind of rise up and have a little bit of success. It just makes you feel good. Uh, Scarborough, uh, 2-0 and for the first time since 2001. Uh, remarkable. Yeah. Um, there, there's yeah, there's a handful of those teams. A handful of those teams that are that are 2-0 and that you're like, good. oh. Yeah, Wisdom is in a, a heavy, heavy immigrant area in Houston. I think I was read something that, that there's 20 different languages spoken on that team, and those yeah. kids from different backgrounds, a lot of first-generation Americans coming coming together, uh, kind of just makes you feel good uh, and kind of one, one of the great stories that, that's bigger than just football, but it's kind of a, a good human interest story. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, anyway, you can find uh, all the coverage at texasfootball.com. All right, Matthew, it's time for our week three draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games that we are most interested in. Um, once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, we'll go five rounds, and then we'll round it out with your hipster game of the week, which is a game that is a little bit off the board. Uh, so you may want to uh, check that out. But first, Matthew, allow me to tell you, as I find the read that I misplaced, that this game draft is brought to you by Community Coffee, who supports and celebrates the thriving communities at the heart of Texas high school football. Community Coffee, strong as our roots. Step won the coin flip before the show, which means he gets pick 1-1 one, one of the 2023 Ooh. Week 3 game draft. It is a lighter week. I've, I, I've looked at the slate, and I'm like, it's it's good. It's 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 the weakest of the three weeks. Yeah, it's going to be like that. I, I think I was telling Pickle this earlier that it, it feels like once you get into, into district play, there's a lot of weeks that are kind of snoozers, and then we'll have this one weird random week. It'll be like week eight, where like all the big district games are on the same week. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is a banging week. You wish some of these, some of those games could be spread out over multiple weeks because we'll we'll have some some weeks that it's like real. I got to really tr- struggle to find some competitive and compelling games here, but we got enough to to have a good week here in week three. It's not it's not up to week one or week two, but it's 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 still a good week. Yeah, I want to say that there was. Uh, I want to say it was last year. Last year there was like a week seven where it was like. Yeah. It was it was pretty bad. It's like, of, oh yeah, boy. yeah. And then like week eight will be great. You know, week yes. eight or week nine, I'll have some bangers. Week I... week eleven is always fun just because of the playoff implications. You can find compelling stories in week eleven because there's so many playoff spots in the line. There's 708 Texas high school football games to choose from, Matthew. Uh, which one are you picking first? I'm gonna go Thursday night. 
in mm-hmm. Belton, mm-hmm. Mary Harden Baylor as the number two ranked Brock Eagles in 3A Division One tangle with the fifth ranked Wimberley Texans in 4A Division Two. Good pick. Fascinating neutral site matchup here, and and for Brock, you know. They went through this gauntlet of a non-district schedule last year. This this is kind of Brock's pre- preparation for jumping the foray and, and realignment. For those of you who don't know, Brock is going foray. Their, their enrollment is well above the cutoff. There is I can't see any scenario where Brock stays 3A. In fact, there's a better chance Brock's 4A Division One than they are 3A Division mm. One in 2024. So this, this is preparing them for, for 4A. And last year, they went through this gauntlet and went 0-4. And then they, I think they won their first district game, and they were one and four. And I think we put them back in the state rankings, and people were like, "What the hell are you doing? You have a one and four team ranked." And I'm like, yeah. "It's Brock." And they proved us right. They went to all the way to a state championship game and proved us right. Uh, Brock's already ahead of pace for that this year, as they knocked off Wichita Falls Hershey last week, twenty-eight uh, fourteen at home. So a two touchdown win over a, a good four A Division two team. Uh, impressive for Brock. Um, I thought their defense did a great job. They forced three turnovers, got a pick six, um, and it held held Hershey to 277 yards of offense. Now, on the flip side of that, Brock's offense so far through two weeks is a little, little shaky right now. That new, they're working on a new quarterback, and, yeah. and and they've been really relying on Brett Tudor running the ball. And like, I think, I think defense, I haven't seen film, but my guess is that defenses are loading up against the run and saying, we're going to make this. I think it's a junior quarterback. We're going to make him beat us. Yeah. And Brock, like Brock barely had over 200 yards last week of offense. Like Ooh. they struggled. And they, the week before, they only scored seven against Pleasant Grove. So, so. What what's good about Brock is their defense has been elite. They're de- they're, they're they're playing good football and they're playing up, punching up and showing they're more than competitive. The offense leaves something to be desired, and they're going to need that offense this week because they're they're playing a Wimberley squad that through two weeks has been dominant. The Texans are are averaging fifty two points a game through two weeks. Uh, they demolished what we think is a much improved San Antonio Piper team forty four to six last week. Oh yeah, it, I think they're. I think Piper's definitely improved. Like, and, definitely improved. And Wimberley just 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 swatted him out to half court. Cody Stover, the quarterback, a monster game. He he had a hand in five of the Texans' six touchdowns. He he ran. He he threw for 198, ran for 90, three touchdowns passing, two touchdowns rushing. Uh, Wimberley's offense was clicking. Their defense has been good. And, and I think the story here is. Uh, Brock's got to find their missing offense this week because if not, I don't think there's much of a chance for them to pull the upset. Will they be competitive? Yes. I think their defense keeps them in it, but they're playing an offense that's too good. And and, and what I found out about Brock's going to bring a lot of blitzes. They're going to be very aggressive. Wimberley's the kind of team that will take advantage of that aggressiveness and make you pay. I think Wimberley hits some big plays. I, I got Wimberley by about 13 in a, in a, in a I, I would say a 30, 34, 21 kind of ball game. Uh, Cody Stover has got 11 touchdowns in two games. So that seemed good. Um, yeah, that and, seems like he's he's doing okay. And that that running back, that Chase Carson, he can go too. Like they are, they're more than just Stover. Like they These are two teams that played for state championships last year. Neither one of them won, but they're two really, really good teams. Really good neutral site game that I believe mm-hmm. is going to be on Texan Live. 
Uh, it's at a beautiful Crusader Stadium there in uh, in, in Belton. So um, good pick for 1-1. For my first pick, Matthew, I'm going to go to a stadium that you were at last week. Matt Stepp, 7 o'clock Friday night at Shotwell Stadium in Abilene. The 2-0 Abilene Eagles welcome in the 2-0 Midland Legacy Rebels in a little uh, Permian Basin v. Big Country West Texas clash. A little, little Southwest Conference reunion. Yeah, a little reunion here. And you, uh, check out uh, the new press box at Shotwell, that I, the pictures I took. Uh, what's your review? Uh, I, it's It was great. It was a, a, a slight upgrade, to say the least. Have, yeah. Having air conditioning is a plus. <laughs> uh, uh, air conditioning, good. Not having an elevator, bad. Elevator's yeah. not in yet. Mm-hmm. Ele- elevator's on back order, so I had I had to hike it up the stairs. <laughs> but other than that, it was great. The hospitality was, you know, Coach Garfield is is, is took care of, of me and and tremendous. Shotwell Stadium got a big upgrade. It's a beautiful, beautiful. It's it's a jewel of Texas high school football. Well, I got to be honest. Right now, it looks like the team on the field's got an upgrade too, because the uh, the Eagles of Abilene High are two and zero, and you saw them in person. But mm-hmm. I've seen highlights and I've watched some tape on them. And let me tell you, I think this team is for real. I do not think that this is some fluky 2-0. I think they're for real. Very good team. Um, I like uh, Rylan Bradford. Their wide receiver has been, been big. Um, they've got a running back named Bam. you got a running back named Bam. Antoine Rayshaw goes yeah, by Rayshaw, Bam. yeah. Yeah, you, you got a good player there. Their defense, which is young, has been mm-hmm. very good through two weeks. That's, that's yeah. been key for them as well. Uh, their their quarterback Dylan Slack he has been ve- he's been a he's been an operator back there he's a guy who doesn't make mistakes uh, he puts the ball he 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 he, he seems very sound he seems like a guy you can trust out there and so between him and Bam Rayshaw and the defense it's just been all good and they're just winning real workman like I mean twenty what was twenty seven six last week like twenty six to seven yeah solid win it was one of those games where where, where Abilene had a kid. They hit. They jumped out to a, a seventeen nothing lead and just kind of, or sixteen nothing, I think, and just kind of. They kind of held Cooper at arm's length. That's a rivalry game. You never know what's going to happen in that crosstown showdown. Uh, it's cliche, but throw the records out the window. But Abilene just kind of controlled Cooper mm-hmm. all night long. It was never in doubt. And then, so now they get an opportunity to welcome an old Southwest, a little Southwest Conference rival to town in Midland Legacy. And for coming into the year, all we talked about with Midland Legacy was, man, this quarterback, Marcos Davila, like he's a star. He's really, really good. Uh, it, he's been he's been fine, but that's not the story for Legacy. The story for Legacy is they are running the stinking ball. And they're doing it really fast. They got like three guys back there. Tommy Johnson, the third Madden Malloy. They are grinding people down and they are running the running the ball really, really well. Um, defense, I think, has been good, but has not been tested really in a meaningful way um, in the first couple of weeks. Um, and that is what intrigues me about this game. Now, Abilene's punching up. They just cracked the 5A Division I rankings on TexasFootball.com. They're punching up. And Legacy is, but Legacy is on the road. That's and that is if you are a uh, if you're a, a, a DFW snob or you're just somebody who doesn't understand, uh, uh, uh Midland is not close to Abilene. <laughs> they are <laughs> about two hours. Yeah. Not that's that's a long road trip into what will be probably a little hostile environment. Cause I think Abilene fans are gonna be fired up for this. Um, Absolutely. I, I think the key for middle legacy in this game 
is really they, they've got to get out of their own way. They can't. They made that, that game against Tascosa probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, but Midland Legacy made some mistakes. They did do a pick six. They had a fumble return. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that that Abilene is good enough to I think really capitalize on at home. So Midland Legacy's got to do a better job taking care of the football in this game. And the thing for Abilene, for me, their key is they've got to match up up front because they're going to be the smaller team, 6A versus 5A, plain and simple, but they've got to match up up front when when Legacy has the ball. And and it sounds weird to say, but make Davila, make them one-dimensional because they're able to run the ball and then pull play action like Davila's going to carve you up. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I don't know. I think Abilene could do it, man. Uh, I think this is a really intriguing I think, game. I think it's a one-score game. Um, and, and I think that Abilene's Abilene might have the juice. They've already punched up and beaten Permian. Now your mileage may vary on Permian. This will be a nice little, like they'll have a common opponent, but they punched up and beat Permian bad, badly. So I'm very intrigued by this. So Abilene and Midland legacy is my first pick. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to head to Houston for a very, what I feel like is an under-the-radar matchup of state-ranked teams and teams who have kind of been on that second tier in the Houston area mm-hmm. for a while, really good teams, but haven't leapt into that elite category. Uh, 7 o'clock Friday night at Turner Stadium in Humble, mm-hmm. Actually, at Klein Memorial Stadium mm-hmm. as the Summer Creek Bulldogs take on Klein Collins. The Tigers, Summer Creek comes in ranked 14, Klein Collins ranked 13. A game live on TexanLive.com and should be a, a potentially, I think, a spotlight game on Texas football tonight. Really good matchup mm. here. Um, for for Summer Creek, I I think you, you you have to talk about their defense. Uh, their defense is really was really really good last year. They got a stud transfer in from Louisiana who moved to Houston. Uh, just uh, LSU commit, so good football player added to their defense already. Uh, they beat Clear Falls last week, thirty-two to fourteen. That's a good Clear Falls team. Greg Tepper, would you care to just over under rushing yards for Clear Falls in that game? I'm going to set it at ten. I feel like you're saying that for a reason. I'm going to go over because it's a trick. They had like fourteen. They had nine. Damn. <laughs> Clear Falls ran for nine yards in okay. the loss. Okay. Uh, really, really impressive defense for Summer uh, Summer Creek. Uh, QB Blake Thomas, uh, three touchdowns passing, 224 yards. They did, didn't even need Lloyd Avant in this game. Lloyd Avant had a pretty quiet night for Summer Creek. Um, I think he'll be a bigger factor this week against Klein Collins, but they didn't even need him. You know, they, they, they were able to get it done with the passing and, and the defense. So uh, Kenny Harrison's got Summer Creek really cooking right now. But this is clearly their biggest test of the year. Klein Collins is a team that, that that brings back a lot that we thought highly of. And um, after two weeks, I think Klein Collins has lived up to the hype. Uh, they beat Pearland Dawson on Saturday night, 30-17, to 17, another game that was on Texan Live. Uh, I really like their quarterback, Tucker Parks. He, he's that classic, big, and physical Klein Collins quarterback. Um, who, who gets it done with running and passing and just kind of plays quarterback like a linebacker. Uh, I, I, one of the Klein Collins coaches was telling me a story. Parks threw an interception in that game, and Klein, uh, 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 and and Dawson was returning the interception for a touchdown. And on the film, Tucker Parks is like like a missile going to tackle the guy <laughs> and blasts him on the sidelines. And the Paraland Dawson coaches were wanting a personal foul to be called on the quarterback. 
How many times have you seen that a, a quarterback getting called for a personal foul? Um, Tucker Parks just plays with kind of a quarterback, like with that linebacker mentality. Uh, and I think Klein Collins as a team takes on his personality as well. Uh, they they do some unique things on offense. They're tough to prepare for. They even lined up in, in the in the wishbone or the flexbone formation last week. They lined up in the old flexbone and then threw a play action 45-yard touchdown pass. So little wrinkles there for Klein Collins. They're a good physical team. Um, I always think highly of them. Um, they can even do it on special teams. They got to, they, they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown in the win last week. So this is a complete team in Klein Collins. I think this is going to be an absolute epic football game. I'm probably going to be watching it Friday night on Texan Live. I'm going to pick Klein Collins in a close one, but this is a true coin flip game. Should be a great ball game uh, there at Klein Memorial Stadium Friday night. I believe we it's are, a Friday night game. Yeah, we are on opposite sides of this. I like Summer Creek, but I think this. You're right. This is a this is a banger. This is a certified banger, and you're right. One of those like. It's 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 this is going to sound disrespectful. I don't mean it that way, but like a Houston area undercard game where it's like it's like this is not the main event, but this is a game that like like real ones know, and they're like, oh yeah, this one's this one's going to oh, be yeah. this star studded. Yeah, these two teams aren't these name brand programs yeah. that you know in Houston, you know North Shore, Katy, Pearland. These are two consistently good two to three round playoff teams who I think are both better this year and are potential challengers within their own regions. Good pick. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. I'm going to stay in Houston and I am going to go name brand. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Hashtag name brand Tepper. Seven o'clock. Yeah, what's the opposite of a hipster? I'm mainstream Tepper. Um, uh, 7 p.m. Friday night at Planet Ford Stadium in spring. It is a still barely state-ranked matchup as the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs visit the Spring Westfield Mustangs uh, in a game that can only be described as would have been better a week ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, Mustang on Mustang crime going on here at beautiful Planet Ford Stadium. Uh, uh, this yeah, yeah I, I I think I've I've got some concerns going into this game, but go ahead. So let's talk a little bit about North Shore for a moment. Uh, Caleb Bailey's back and he rocks. Uh, it, it, he this looks like rock. he looks like he this has rock. he has come right back and looks every bit the part of the guy he was he was supposed to be before he got hurt last year. Uh, threw two touchdowns, ran for another as they romped past Spring. They're just a lot better than Spring. Springs down. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. I actually watched this game kind of. I kind of scanned through it on Texan Live, and I didn't watch the game stem to stern. But uh, basically, when North Shore had the ball, I was kind of watching what they were doing. Um, and Caleb Bailey is in total command of that offense. Like he, he's like a like a like a orchestra conductor out there. He he's just so comfortable and so in command of that offense. I mean, it was thirty four nothing at halftime. North Shore put in the back. It was backups the whole second half. It it was. Pretty thorough domination from the Mustangs. What you what you would expect to see from from an offense led by Caleb Bailey. So now let's talk about Westfield and the reason why this game is so um, is is going fourth instead of first. Um, because week one, 
No notes for Westfield. Uh, absolutely obliterated Cy Park. Ran up 444 yards of total offense. Taji Atkins, their running back, was great. The new quarterback, Miles Dent, was very strong. Nothing but good vibes for Spring Westfield. And then a weird thing happened on the way to a top 10 matchup with North Shore, and that is that they got punked by by Fort Penn Hightower. Um, yeah. And the offense, offense was MIA. Yeah, the was, offense not there. disappeared. They had two a week after having 444 yards of offense, they had 228 yards last week against in a loss to high to Hightower. And furthermore, that is too generous because Taji Atkins had a 60 yard touchdown run. And if you take that away, you're talking about under 175 yards of offense, you're talking about four yards a carry, basically. Um, it was it was a struggle. What I what I gleaned from that game watching it was, uh, I, I went back and watched this game earlier today, and I was shocked at how much faster Hightower was than Westfield. Usually, Westfield's Ooh. the fastest team on the field, and there was a noticeable difference. Hightower's defense was flying around, and Westfield didn't have any answers. And that's not so, good when you got North Shore on the docket this week. Correct. Now, the Westfield defense is something serious. And and their defensive end, Bryson Balka, is a star. And we know where they're going to be good. They're going to be good up front. That offensive line with Raekwon Bell should be good, right? But I have got major anxiety about Westfield now. That, that game against Hightower spooks me because... In a lot of ways, North Shore is just a souped-up version of Hightower. And yeah, they're better up front than Hightower. They're just as good skill spots. So yeah, yeah. So uh, this is one of those games that I'll be keeping an eye on, and like I'm willing to, I'm willing to consider that the Westfield offense just had one really bad day, and like it happens. But this is not a like North Shore is not a get right game, you know. No, that's not a team I'd want to play when trying to get right now. Now, to the last half full guy, I will say Westfield usually gets up for North Shore, and mm-hmm. most years gives North Shore a lot of problems. And they beat yes. North Shore in the recent history. Now, last year North Shore blew them out. That that's that's the exception, not the rule. So if you're glass half full guy, you're thinking, okay, Westfield's going to throw the kitchen sink at North Shore and play him tough. And the other thing is that. Like it theoretically, one of the things it should it should be a decent matchup because Westfield is always good up front, always good up front. And they can in their best years, they can mitigate North Shore's advantage in the trenches. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to happen. And I'm just I, I'm I'm think there's a better I think there's a chance that like North Shore gets out to like a 21 nothing lead and the game is just over because Westfield won't be able to move the ball. So a lot of this comes down to whether or not they can run the ball with Atkins, because I think that that junior quarterback, Miles Dent, is still growing into the role. And I think North Shore is happy to let him drop back 40 times and try to throw against that secondary. Uh, So a lot of this comes down to whether or not Westfield could run the ball. So uh, interesting game. I'll be keeping an eye on it. But North Shore has got to be your favorite in this one. Um, Anyway, I like North Shore and Westfield. What is your third pick, Matthew? Fred Tepper, I'm going to go Saturday night. Six o'clock at Kincaid Stadium in Dallas. Mm, mm. As the one and oh DeSoto Eagles take on the one and one South Oak Cliff Golden Bears is as South Oak Cliff continues their four week uh, murder tour of just playing just 
murderer's row of, of great teams, uh, including uh, this is the second of three state champions they'll play in their four non-district games as they take on the defending 6A Division II state champs, DeSoto. Did, did DeSoto not play last week? Correct. DeSoto had a bye week last week. So that's one thing I'm going to talk about here. Hmm. DeSoto had a week two bye. Uh, if you remember last year, DeSoto played an out-of-state opponent this week. This week hmm. uh, Got beat pretty bad by uh, St. Francis Academy. And uh, they weren't able to find a week two game this week. Now, Denton Ryan was also off week two. Would have loved to have seen Denton Ryan and DeSoto this week, but, you know, they couldn't make it work for whatever reasons. Uh, so DeSoto had a boss. So they've been prepping for South Oak Cliff for two weeks now. Uh, big, that's, so that's a big advantage for, for the Eagles. They've had a week off. They, they blew out Allen in week one, 39 to seven. But, what does that blowout really mean? Because Allen last week took it on the chin again against C.E. King. Uh, so your mileage varies with that DeSoto win. But they've had two weeks to prepare for South Oak Cliff. Look at South Oak Cliff last week. Pretty thorough butt-kicking of Lancaster last week. A, a good Lancaster team that they sent them out of the state rankings because that was a thorough, stem to stern win for the South Oak Cliff Golden Bears. They they doubled up Lancaster 42 to 21 and almost doubled them up in total yardage. And it wasn't one of those fluky games where Lancaster had four or five turnovers. It was zero zero turnovers. South Oak Cliff just lined up and kicked Lancaster's butt. Can I here's a weird take, but I think I'm sticking with it. This is the most complete South Oak Cliff win over a legit contender. They've obviously drilled a lot of DISD teams over a legit contender since the semifinal in 2021. Like when they went to, where was that game? Abilene. Abilene. And they beat Lubbock Cooper. Is that right? Lubbock Cooper bad. Yeah. Yeah. And and they came out and it just complete performance. That was as complete a performance as you will see Offense, defense, everything was clicking. And for 48 minutes, because South yes. Oak Cliff showed last year, even they won state, but there were there were games where their offense was just non-existent for a lot of games. And then there were games where they their offense would look great. Like the Lovejoy games are great. You know, if they'd have played that Lovejoy game and played that 48 minutes, they would have mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. been a complete win. But the last seven or eight minutes of that Lovejoy game got real hairy real fast. Uh, they didn't play a 48-minute game there. So so this was a, a complete performance. And I think if you're a South Oak Cliff fan, you're going into this game against DeSoto thinking we've got a legitimate shot to beat DeSoto. And I, I think they do. Mm. I think South Oak Cliff has has a more than a puncher's chance to beat DeSoto. I'm not picking South Oak Cliff. I'm going to pick DeSoto to win this game. But it's going to be cl- – I think it's going to be a one-score football game. Because the, the last year when South Oak Cliff played DeSoto for the first half, Soto completely dominated South Oak Cliff offense, which just couldn't get out of their own way. But in the second half, South Oak Cliff found some things last year and played them tough. I think they're going to come into this game with some confidence. South Oak Cliff's offense is light years ahead of where they were last year. Uh, you know, Danny Green, Will Little at quarterback. They've got Trey Jackson out wide, Bassey out wide. South Oak Cliff's got playmakers galore. Their offensive line isn't as big as it was last year, but I think they're more athletic and move. they move around better. Defensively is where South Oak Cliff still is young. They still have some issues. Lancaster was able to pop a couple of big runs on them. Uh, Soto, you're going to say, oh, Tiger Ryden's not playing with a dislocated elbow. Soto's got running. Like, running back is not a problem for DeSoto. Are they going to have anyone as good as Tiger? No. But Jaden Trawick is a four-year, four-year, four-year vet letterman on varsity. 
believe he's committed to Kent State, so we're still talking about a Division One level running back. I'm sure they've got one, a couple of other guys. And DeSoto's offensive line is – DeSoto in the trenches is probably as good as they've been in quite some time. So they're going to be able to run the football. DJ Bailey's still there at quarterback. He's still operating. The fascinating matchup. I think DeSoto wears him out, wears him down in the fourth quarter. This with depth, DeSoto's got a numbers edge, even though that numbers edge is not as big as it usually is because DeSoto's overall school enrollment has plummeted quite a bit. I think DeSoto wins, you know, six to seven points. I could see this one being, you know, 38, 31, uh, that kind of game with with, with DeSoto kind of kind of hanging on late to win. But it, I think it's going to be a great ball game Saturday night. It's really intriguing, and I, I think I agree with you. Uh, that South Oak Cliff is better than a puncher's chance uh, to win this game simply because that what the last time we saw them, like that's the best tape they've put out there in in a year. Like it was really, really impressive. And if they do that, if they play like that, like they can win the game. Uh, But I think DeSoto is the rightful favorite in this game. All right. On to my third pick, Matthew. Let's go seven o'clock Friday night at Eakin Stadium in Timpson in what we can just call for the night the fireworks factory as the Timpson Bears welcome in the Dangerfield Tigers and um, a game that is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, if you like points, you like big plays, you like great athletes doing cool things in space. Timson, Texas might be your move Friday night. I'll go, I'll go this far. If you like, if you like 18 play methodical drives, do not show up mm-hmm. to Timson. This ain't gonna there ain't gonna be nothing methodical about this game. No. <laughs> this is gonna be it's gonna be a fireworks factor. It's gonna be a home run derby. Okay. Yeah. Um, because these two teams can get up and down. Dangerfield has got playmakers. Chase Johnson, their quarterback, has been really good to start the year. Just just lighten people up. They've got Bubba Hampton on the out on yep, the outside. The Texas commit, yeah. And he's just he's a dynamo. This is going to be one of the rare games in which Timpson will not have the best player on the field. Like Bubba Hampton, and and even if even if Terry Bussey was out there, like let's have a conversation about it. You know what I mean? Like it'll, it's I, I think a it's, a, it's a, probably a push. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, I think I would give the edge to Bussey, but I think we can have a talk about it. But Bussy, I I don't believe he's going to play this week. Yeah. I'll be very surprised if he plays. I think he's close. In mm-hmm. fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Terry Bussy week four against Wascom. Mm. Just putting that out there. I think we may see him back. But what's this is Timson's start has been impressive without Bussy. They they've gone and beaten. They beat a state ranked Beckville team, who by the way looked really good last week against Joaquin, mm-hmm. and then beat a. A three A Division One, a good three A Division One team in Jefferson. And what mm-hmm. was most impressive about Timpson's win last week was it was tied 22-22 at halftime. As mm-hmm. the smaller school, Timpson pulled away in the second half and just hit another level. Yeah. And I think part of it was Vosky Howard. Vosky Howard was unbelievable for Timpson last week. And they have had that's what's so in like the reason that they got elevated to number one is that they have been this good without that guy without Terry Bussey like they've Texas football they've been out there running over fools with with like with basically one arm tied behind their back and but JJ Garner give him a ton of credit he has really stood on his head and played really well at the quarterback spot Vosky Howard you're right they lean on him and 
I also think, and by the way, Howard ran for 184 yards uh, in, in, in the second half last yeah, week. In the second half. Let's, let's just put Vosky Howard at running back and let's just do cool stuff. Yeah. And so now, strategy. and so this is going to be, to me, this is a great test for both defenses because these are high-powered offenses. This game comes down to who can come up with like two, two, three stops because I think this game's probably earmarked for the 40s. Like this game's going to get up and down, big, like big, high-flying offenses. Um, I think Tempson's going to do it. Uh, I, I think you're right. What impressed me most was about how last week Timpson didn't blink. T- they they were the aggressor in the second half, and so they've they've gone up against bigger teams before and found and had that extra gear. They'll need that this week against an, a very very good legit contender Dangerfield team, but especially at home, I think Timpson's going to do it, man. I think they're going. I think they're going to win this game even without Terry Bussey. If they win this game without Bussey, how impressive is that for Timpson? I'm leaning to Dangerfield. Yeah, I think if Bussey plays, I'm taking Timpson and not really thinking twice about it. I think this is the game that that Bussey's absence mm-hmm. is hurts Timpson. But if they do it, my goodness, like like yeah. what else can you say about Timpson? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a fascinating matchup out there in East Texas, Dangerfield and the Timpson. All right, on to round four, Matthew. What is your fourth pick? I love a good rivalry game, Tepper. And uh, let's take you Friday night to DeWitt County. Mm-hmm. Gobbler Stadium. As the 2-0 Yoakum Bulldogs take on the 2-0 Cuero Gobblers. And let's take a minute to talk about Yoakum a little bit. And uh, a team that probably doesn't get the credit that they deserve this year because they're, they're you know, they're – Kind of overshadowed in Region Three, you know, by by team in their own district, two teams in their own district in Columbus and Hitchcock. You got Lorena, you got Franklin, you got all kinds of great teams in Region Three. And here's Yoakum, been been good, but not great the last few years. And I'll tell you what, Bo Robinson made one of the most savvy hires in the state of Texas in the offseason, hiring former Del Rio uh, head coach Roderick Taylor to join his staff as an as an assistant coach. Because oh, by the way. Roger Taylor's got a son who's pretty good at the game of American football and Zachary Taylor, uh, who's committed to Army right now. Boy, Zachary mm-hmm. Taylor, former U.S. president as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the president during the, the uh, U.S. Uh, Mex- U.S. U.S. Uh, Mexican War in the 1840s. Uh, maybe a big reason why uh, Texas was acquired in the United States. Hmm. Interesting. Well, history lesson. I'm pretty sure Zach- Thanks, Zachary Matt. Taylor was the president. You're welcome. Uh, back to football, though. But Yoakum... Last week rolls Cameron Yo 41 to 20. And Taylor was a big part of part of that. Uh the the senior quarterback committed to Army. Um, you know, he threw three touchdown passes, had a long touchdown run, and that was kind of a, a statement win for Yoke that announced themselves to region three that, hey, you know, we're here too, guys, and, and we can play and we're we need to be accounted for. So now 12-3A Division One. all of a sudden you got Columbus, Hitchcock, and Yoakum. Oh, by the way, have you seen what Hallettsville's done the last two weeks? Mm-hmm. District's crazy good. That district's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to be talking about those four teams and when they play each other, I imagine, on future tapping steps. Uh, Yoakum's been very impressive. Now they go to Quero, and this is the 114th meeting between these two schools. These two schools have played 113 times. Quero's got the edge, but this is always like, I don't want to call this Yoakum's Super Bowl, 
But this is the game that Yoakum gets up for because mm-hmm. this is this, they're playing Big Brother. Cuero's got the history. Cuero's got all the lineage. You know the the the, the state championships and the NFL players and Yoakum. They're they're half of them are related because there's cousins and and nephews and all this stuff. These two towns are like eight miles from each other. Everyone knows everyone. It's a huge deal in these in this community. These two communities. And it's a rivalry game. It's 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 going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Cuero comes in and they blew out they blew out Ocampo last week. They have a much different challenge last week against the slot T against Geronimo Navarro and Cuero just dominates 35 to 7. Uh Mason Nataro, the quarterback running that offense, just experienced veteran quarterback who's been through the wars, gets it done. Uh Brant Patek, you know, it's a very Cuero name right there, the mm-hmm. Pateks. Uh, 21 tackles. He's an all-state linebacker for Cuero. Leads the way. Cuero defense job one is you got you got to have eyes on Zachary Taylor. You yes. got to keep him contained. Cuero does that. They should be fine. They should win the game. They're bigger. They're faster than Yoakum. They got a little bit more depth. But Taylor is the kind of equalizer in this game. So I I think if Taylor goes nuts, Yoakum's got a puncher's chance. I like Cuero, but I think it's going to be a fun game. And it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. And when you've played 114 times. And something new happens, you got you, your your mind's going to be blown. So it's it's going to be a fun one down there in Dewitt County. I think that is a really good pick. That is the by the way, it is the third longest, uh, third most played um, rivalry in eleven UIL eleven man Texas high school football, uh, as uh, behind Bay City El Campo and Denison Sherman. But uh, Cuero Yocum is the fourth or third longest played ahead of like uh, Battle of the Arroyo, ahead of Longview Marshall, ahead of Gold Point San Saba. So these two teams have been uh, going at it for quite a while. Uh, mm. Should be fun down there. Matt Step, my fourth pick. We're going to bounce back up to the DFW Metroplex. And 7 o'clock Friday night in Lucas. Lucas, oh, yeah. Texas. As uh, another state-ranked matchup. As the North as uh, as North Crowley takes on the Lovejoy Leopards, both two and zero, both coming into this game, and I think to begin talking about this game, you have to go back to the last time they played because it did. It, in hindsight, and certainly we didn't think of it at the time. In hindsight, that does feel like a real inflection point for both teams last year. When they played, when Lovejoy, who was state ranked, was rolling, looked really good, you know, looking good, a team that we were that we had kind of thought like, okay, they could be the South Oak Cliff killer, right? In 5A Division Two. And they walked into Crowley ISD Stadium and um kind of kind of got their head handed to them. I got the pants pulled down. Yeah. Um the book on Lovejoy has always been fast and physical teams give them trouble. And mm-hmm. guess what? North Crowley, fast and physical. They were fast and physical last year. And it sent both programs kind of into different directions. Because like for, for North Crowley, it like that was rocket fuel. They were off to the races. They were a, a like a team that everybody like that gave them all sorts of confidence. And for Lovejoy, it felt like it they they never really got the wheels fully back on. They made it to the playoffs and stuff like that. It didn't like they didn't crater and go two and eight, but like mm-hmm. it did feel like something got exposed there and maybe there was something in the room that never got resolved. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lovejoy was a team last year, kind of in turmoil and you could see it and just look at their results and watch their results. They, 
they were never right last year. Yeah. And I think I, I'll say it. I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback situation they had going mm-hmm. on last year. And that, and that, that situation by, by, by graduation has moved on. And this Lovejoy team looks a lot different this year. They look focused and they look together and they all look on the same page. They do. This Lovejoy team, first two weeks, they have been excellent. We saw them in their uh, their win over College Station where they looked um, uh, they looked like they were taking them apart. It was really impressive. And Hondo Franklin, their quarterback, has been really good. They've got plenty of playmakers. Parker Livingstone, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 Dylan, Dalen McCutcheon, uh, Dante Dean. This team, this team's loaded offensively, and they've looked the part. Um, although, and including last week against Argyle, which uh, maybe a team we need to have a conversation about. Um, that is two weeks for Argyle. But... Yeah, two weeks and two blows. I, I think this is uh, an Argyle team, and we, we're not going to talk about it this week too much, but I think Argyle, they're Argyle. They're going to be fine. They'll be better, but they've taken a, a significant step back this year early on. So uh, now they're going up against North Crowley, who has been rolling if relatively untested. Uh, they've played, uh, although last week against Arlington, I mean, that was decent, decent Arlington team, and they blew their doors off. Um, this the, they've scored sixty nine points in each of their first two games. Nice, uh, quarterback Chris double, Jemerson. Double nice, yeah, double quarterback nice. Chris Jemerson's been great. Um, Ashton Cyril, is that it? Cyril, their running back. Cyril, I think it's Cyril. 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 He's been really. He's been their most consistent threat, and has been really good. And so here are two teams that are once again feeling good about one uh, themselves. And once again, they come to what feels like an inflection point. And if you are Lovejoy, I think you've got to go out there and prove that this year, this is a, this year, this is a, this year's different moment um, where you can go out there and prove that you've grown up, that you have learned from last year and that you can match up physically and that you, you can't, you won't get just like, slung to the ground and cast aside that's what they've got they've got to match up physically up front um and and to prove that this year is different agree i I think all those points are valid i think uh i think this is a real litmus test for lovejoy they don't have to win the game i don't i'm saying lovejoy's got to beat state ranked north crowley Mm -hmm. for us to think how but i think lovejoy there's a certain i want to see how this game flows and see how it's played to see you know if lovejoy goes down they lose 49 42 in a shootout I'm feeling pretty good about Lovejoy at that point. Yeah. You know, they went toe to toe with North Crowley and, and won in a shootout. You know, I, I think it's going to really come down to how Lovejoy looks in this game. They don't have to win. If they win, it's great. But I, I think just playing competitive and, and showing that they can handle a team. Because yes. guess what? If you're going to want to get out of Region Two, you're going to mm-hmm. handle a team like North Crowley because because Melissa, Mansfield Summit, South Oak Cliff, all mm-hmm. are, are similar to North Crowley in a lot of ways. So that's what you got to do to get out of Region Two and. Uh, don't be surprised if a little internet outfit that could might be broadcasting this game on Friday night. Stay by the channel and see if there's any developments on that front. Just a little uh, internet outfit that's just trying to get by. Little little just ding dong, to, little ding yeah, dong. Just trying internet. to figure it out, you know. Uh, let's round it all out with our fifth and final pick, Matthew. What is your fifth and final pick? Well, this one's tough. There's there's a lot of good games on the docket. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a part of the state that we haven't hit just yet this week. Uh, you know, as a great man once said, uh, I'm a big Lubbock guy. You're a big Lubbock guy. Yes, I'm a big Lubbock guy, and a great man told me that, and that great man is Mike Roach. Shout out Mike Roach. 
big Lubbock guy. Uh, I don't know if this is Thursday or Friday, but it's at Lowry Field as the two and zero friendship. Greg Tepper's looking that up right now as I I am looking up. Uh, the Friendship Tigers at two and zero take on the. Check my notes here. Two and zero Lubbock Monterey Plainsman. Excuse me. That's right. Judd Thrash has the Monterey Plainsman at two and zero. One year after going zero and ten last year, one of the biggest surprises. Oh, go ahead. Seven o'clock at Plains Capital. Friday night. Friday night. Okay, there you go. Big Friday night game. Uh, the job he's doing at Lubbock Monterey this year is is very impressive because Monterey last year struggled at zero and ten. The new coach comes in. A lot of the seniors is kind of scattered for multiple reasons. They're playing a bunch of young kids. They're getting their heads bashed in. But towards the end of the year, you saw Monterey start to kind of play teams close. They were in ball games that couldn't finish. They're finishing this year. And last week, they go to Abilene Wiley, a team that played for a regional title last year on the road. And they kind of handled Abilene Wiley. Now, granted, mm-hmm. Wiley's not as good as they were last year. But I'm sorry. You go to Abilene Wiley, Hugh Standifer Stadium, and you dominate like that, that, that catches my attention. And Lubbock Monterey did just that. In, in their win o- over the Wiley Bulldogs, 34-21. Uh, Cassius Lewis, they call him Cash because he's money. Four mm. catches, 174 yards, and three touchdowns leading the Plainsman's offense. They ran out to a 17-0 lead on Wiley. Didn't look back. Uh, big win for the Plainsman. This, but this is their biggest test of the year. They got friendship coming in. Class 6A school, uh, 2-0, and looking strong. Hate. Uh, their quarterback has... has been doing it for for it seems like past five years. Hudson Hutchison uh, mm-hmm. is there at Friendship. He had a big game last week as they knocked off and, and their, their rivalry game with Lubbock Cooper. That Friendship Lubbock Cooper rivalry is is a thing uh, there on the western side of of, of Lubbock. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen once the new school is fully operational there at Lubbock Cooper. If, if you know that rivalry of Friendship is going to continue, but it's a great rivalry right now. Fr- uh, Coop, Friendship hangs on for a 35-34 win. They stop Cooper on a two-point conversion at the end of the game to get the win. Uh, Hutchison was 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 outstanding, 232 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, also added 140 yards on the ground, just, just for funsies. You know, just, just added 140 yards on the ground. Um, I think friendship wears Lubbock Monterey down. There's deeper. they got more numbers to throw at Monterey. It's still hot. I think we're going to get a little bit of relief uh, Friday, Saturday, potentially from the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only going like to be 98. I, I haven't looked at the forecast out Thank west, God. but you know, we're going to get a little. So that helps Monterey a little bit, but I think friendship and their numbers just kind of wears Monterey down in the second half. But I think we start to, have to start have to really considering Lubbock Monterey as a playoff contender in that really tough uh, District 2-5A Division One. The, the planes are for real. They are that th- those have been two not fluky wins, and um, and I I think it's going to be this should be fun should be fun good pick Matthew good pick all right Matthew for my fifth and final pick I too am going to go to a place we haven't talked about yet and I too am going to go with uh, a, a game that it, it may be a little bit off the people's board. But Matt Step, I think there's a district championship in the balance this week. Seven. Let's hold on. I'm going to give it away as soon as I say one thing. Uh, seven o'clock Friday night, or should I say eight o'clock central, seven o'clock mountain time at Trooper Stadium in El Paso. Oh, yes. 
as the 2-0 El Paso Pebble Hills Spartans visit the 1-1 El Paso Montwood Troopers in a game that, with all due respect to Franklin and with all due respect to... Mm, is there anybody else who I need to give respect to? Uh, America's, yeah, with, I think America's, America's is off to a good start. Uh, yeah, you know, what one six A is always a really tough yes. district to to project. There's always it's always a lot of parity in that district. I think these. I think you're within your rights to think these are the two best teams, though, uh, in Great. Pebble Hills and Eastwood, uh, and they will go at it uh, on Friday night. One of the things that I'm most excited about, if it, let's just say you do not care about the 1-6-A race. Let's just say you don't care, but you're within your rights. You should love this game. This is one of the best quarterback matchups in the state hard stop. This game, from a quarterback perspective, rocks, okay? You've got Gael, Gael Ochoa, the quarterback for Pebble Hills, who is committed to UTEP, I believe. UTEP commit. He is a dual-threat star, and they haven't really... Uh, they haven't really unleashed him, although the past, uh, you know, he was really good in their win over over Del Valle. They beat Canatillo, which is a really nice win in week one. Yeah, they struggled in week one, but boy, week two they look they were yeah. they were impressive. They, they opened it up and they looked really good. But they're but so Gael Gael Ochoa is the name to know for them. They have been very strong. They've got a, a junior running back in Zarian Quarles who has been very good as well, uh, and they've got uh, Marcus Torres outside uh, as well as they've got. Do you know their leading receivers a freshman? Um, no, I didn't got, know that. Yeah, they've got a freshman. Omarion Wallace is there. Is a 2027 kid who is leading them in, in receiving. Um, he is. They're gonna be. They're gonna be fun to watch. Taking on the one in one Eastwood Troopers, and you're thinking, oh well, they've got a loss. Uh, like they, like they, you know, we should certainly write them off. Uh, that loss is uh on the road at South Lake Carroll. <laughs> yeah, and the annual Julio Lopez is a crazy man game. Yes, I texted uh, him the other day and said, what's what's gonna be your crazy game in 2024? And he was like, still working on it. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play TCU. Um, yeah, they're just gonna but, move up. Yeah, they're just gonna yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, but Eastwood last week against Las Cruces, New Mexico, uh, got right back on track, and they have got a dog at quarterback too. In Evan Minares, this kid, he's got that dog at him. Yeah, he, he's awesome. Another dual threat guy, but he's he is what I think is really impressive. I think he's grown much more as a passer this past year. I think he's really worked on. They're trying to like keep him in the pocket more, uh, but they are versatile and offensively they have got they've got a receiver in rudy garcia on the outside who is going to be really fun to watch the game for me comes down to what eastwood defense shows up because gael ochoa is capable of lighting them up we have a pretty good idea about how good this pebble hills defense is we think they're pretty good uh, we we still don't know how good this eastwood defense is because they've gotten lit up by south lake carroll Okay, week one on the road against a top ten team. Yeah, I mean, you, you just pretty you, long road. I'm not sure anyone's going to make a longer road trip for a true road game this year than El Paso Eastwood for traveling yeah. from El Paso to north 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 Fort Worth area. You charge it to the game, right? You charge it to the game. You give up a seventy burger to South Lake Carroll. That's fine. Last one against against Las Cruces, they were they get they give up twenty eight points. Um, it does it does sound like Las Cruces moved the ball relatively effectively. So this is to me this is about the Eastwood defense finding opportunities to get Gael Ochoa and company off the field. 
Uh, I think it's I think it's great. I think you have a district championship on the line in this one. Obviously, still work to do, but I think Eastwood and Pebble Hills is a heck of a lot of fun, uh, and the and pretty clearly the best El Paso game out there this week. So, um, it's the game of the week in the nine one five. And, and yeah. one one little X factor: Eastwood has a there's not a lot of home field advantages in El Paso. A lot of shared stadiums, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastwood does not share a stadium. Their stadium is right in the middle of that neighborhood. It's tucked away behind the school. They've got a real home field advantage there at Trooper Stadium. They they turn out huge crowds. It's a tough place to play. So that's to me that's that's a five or six point swing right there just to Eastwood just based on being at home. That so they have a real home field advantage at Trooper Stadium. Uh, so yeah, and, and the student section gets crazy. So that is a real, it'll be a fun matchup there. Eastwood and Pebble Hills out in El Paso. So that wraps up our week three draft step took Wimberley Brock, Summer Creek, Klein Collins, DeSoto, South Oak Cliff, Cuero Yoakum, and Friendship Lubbock Monterey. I took Abilene and Midland Legacy, Galena Park, North Shore, Spring Westfield, Timpson and Dangerfield, North Crowley and Lovejoy, and El Paso, Pebble Hills, and El Paso Eastwood. We really did. We covered the state here. That was that's what we do at Tep and Step. We cover the oh, whole state. Lord. I mean, we we the Dave Campbell's crew is all over the state all the time. I mean, you know, I went from Abilene to Houston last week. We 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 love we you know what, Te- Greg Tepper. I'm, I'm mm. I got the courage to say it. Okay, the state of Texas is awesome, and I want to visit every corner of it, and that's mm-hmm. what I like to do. I want to I want to get all over the state. It's the best. Texas, Thank you for your- Texas rocks. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Um, It is now time for our hipster game of the week. Matt Stepp, where is your hipster game of the week? Greg Tepper, I'm going to go to the Houston area for a hipster game as the uh, it's District 10 5A Division 1, which is a really good district, by the way. Good district. Mm -hmm. Friday night, and I believe this game is being played at Fulcher High School. Because Lamar Consolidated ISD is asking every school in their district to play one game on campus this year because of the uh, they only they, the bond failed for a new stadium, and so everybody's got to go on campus to play one game. And so at Fulcher High School Stadium, which holds about a thousand people, the Magnolia Bulldogs come to town to take on Fulcher in a really big 10-5A Division One game. And if you're, you know, Fulcher state ranked, we know about Fulcher and the things that they've gotten done. Um, let's look at Magnolia a little bit, Tip. And mm-hmm. week one, week one, they lose to Klein Collins 35 to 13. And you're thinking, okay, it's, you know, 6A state ranked opponent. Magnolia impressed the heck out of me last week. They go on the road to Tomball. And we know what Tomball's done in 6A the past couple of years. And they throttle Tom Ball 27 to 7. That really caught my attention. Keep an eye on this game. I think every game is going to, these, these games are going to have major playoff implications. And this is a big one right off the bat. There's two big ones in 8 5A Division One because also Angleton and Manville play this week. Uh, Fulcher and Magnolia play. I think those are your four playoff teams right there. And I think we're going to get some jockeying for position right off the bat. So Fulcher, Man- Fulcher and Magnolia Friday night, not at Trailer Stadium, but at Fulcher High School. Okay. I like it. It's a good, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, I am going way off the board here and Matt step so far off the board that I think I'm comfortable saying that this is the first time we have ever uttered these two teams' names on this podcast. Okay. Okay. How's that for a, for a tease? Like let's, it. let's go 
7.30 p.m. Friday night at Hornet Stadium in Louise. Oh, okay. <laughs> I told you I'm off the board. All right, as all right. As the 2-0, the 2-0 Louise Hornets welcome in wow. the 2-0 Wallace Brazos Cougars in okay. a really suddenly interesting <laughs> week mm-hmm. three game. Um the the story of Louise this year has been pretty remarkable. Okay, first year coach Manny Freeland uh, taking over uh, this this program that last year won all of two games all season. They went two and eight last year. They have been functionally a non non competitive the, the past few years. Right, um, Joe Bill resigned after four years, and they promoted Manny Freeland, and all they've done is rattle off two straight. Now the the computer has them both as upsets. Uh, they won at Danbury and they won at Bloomington. At Danbury, that's a win over three A. It's not a great three A, mm-hmm. but it's it's a win, right? And this, uh, two punching up two two divisions there. Absolutely, it's a good win uh, for for Louise. Here comes Brazos. Brazos was a team that, uh, if if you remember, they snuck into the playoffs last year. Uh, they won a they won a two they won a tiebreak for the fourth playoff spot, and all they did was run to the regional semifinals. They knocked off district champion Lexington uh, in the first round. They're fun to watch, and they have moved. They have a sophomore quarterback, okay, Jarvis Dickerson. They moved over from receiver to quarterback, and he's averaging 250 yards per game on the ground, or I'm sorry, total like total yards, like 150 passing and 100 rushing. He's a dynamo. Louise going to try to run the ball with Tavion Kimball. This would be one of the big, I, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if people, if folks in Wharton County are getting fired up about the Louise Hornets, they've got a, decent, they've got a decent team rolling into town. It's a three, a team, but mm-hmm. a decent team rolling into town and an opportunity. There's, there's some buzz. There's some confidence around Louise. I don't oh, know. There's some buzz. I see what you did there. The Hornets mm-hmm. are some buzz. Um, I, I think this has an opportunity to be a fun game. And for Louise, this has an opportunity to be, and I don't want to overstate it, like the biggest win in like a decade. <laughs> yeah, it's got a chance to be a big win for them. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's that's the kind of stuff that you come, come to this podcast that's, for right there. That's a hipster game. You've never thought yeah. of Wallace, Brass, <laughs> and Louise, but Friday night no. in Wharton County, it's going to be fun. So that's my hipster game of the week. What are you up to this weekend, Matthew? Uh, Thursday, I will be in Amarillo as the, excuse me, state-ranked Lubbock Estacado Matadors mm-hmm. take on the Amarillo Paladuro Dons at Big Dick Bivin Stadium there mm-hmm. in beautiful Amarillo. Fired up to get up to Amarillo to watch those two teams. That, sta- that stadium is big. It is. It is. It seats mm-hmm. about 13,000. It's on mm-hmm. the Amar- uh, Potter County Fairgrounds. Great place mm-hmm. for uh, football. I've only been there once. It's only my second time visiting Amarillo Stadium, so. Uh, fired up to see that. I mean, Pal- Paladuro's improved. Eric they are, they are a lot there. better. And Estacado, uh, you know, obviously Will Blake liked the job he's done there at Estacado. This should be a fun game on Thursday night. Really looking forward to getting up there to see uh, all the good folks there in Amarillo. Uh, then I will head back to the Metroplex Friday morning for another, I think, sneaky good game at the Star Friday night as state-ranked and unbeaten Frisco Emerson mm-hmm. takes on Frisco Panther Creek also unbeaten. Uh, it's a five A versus a four A, but Panther Creek is legit. Clint Surratt's done a heck of a job there getting them back, uh, getting them 
uh, their program off the ground. Two second-year programs who have both been good right off the bat. Uh, I'm really excited to see Emerson in person. And by the way, one little fun fact. I posted this on Twitter. Fresco Emerson will be the 700th Texas high school football team that I've seen in person. Wow. Look at you. Se- team 700. And then, and then Emerson and then Panther Creek will be 701 <laughs> right away. So you're sick. Um, the, that's, that's, I, that's, that's the sicko stuff we come I, for. Right I here. will say it's a great week in Frisco ISD because you've also got Lone Star and Reedy Thursday and night too. That's a huge game. Yeah. It's a th- I believe Greg Powers is going to be at that game Thursday night. So we'll have the big games in Frisco ISD covered, uh, stem to stern at Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, then Saturday, I got a double header Saturday in the Metroplex, the rare DFW Saturday double header, uh, Saturday at one o'clock. Yes. They're kicking off at one as of today. I, I confirmed as of today, they're still kicking off at one Ooh. as private private school power. Midland Christian takes on Texarkana Pleasant Grove at Children's Health Stadium in Prosper. Uh, so that'll be my early game uh, debating on when I'll cut out of there. I'm hoping to stay for the whole game, but just depending on time, because I want to be at my Saturday night game, six o'clock Saturday night at Kincaid Stadium, DeSoto, South Oak Cliff, get it on. Uh, I'm going to be at that game at least an hour early. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that one. So I got, I got a great four. I, I feel really good you about do. my game slate. Yeah. Four. I got four potential bangers uh, on the calendar. And there's some weeks where you look at me and you're like, why are you going to that game step? What's your, no. what, what's your problem? I, I don't think you have any qualms with my schedule. This week. no notes, no notes. The weirdest game you're going to is probably that Frisco game, but it's like, it's a matchup of unbeaten teams. They're both pretty good. Yeah, I, like, and I want to get eyes on Emerson, especially yeah. Emerson, because you know Mike Hawkins is there at quarterback. This is a team that we have ranked in the top five in five A Division two. Oh, I want to see what they what they're cooking. Most certainly, uh, we will. Uh, that that'll be very interesting. Uh, please watch. Uh, please two screen it. Bally Sports Southwest and Dave Campbell's Texas Football tonight should be fun. Um, I will be Saturday. I'm getting on a plane and I'm flying to Missouri for a football. Oh yeah, game. you're going to a Mizzou game. Going to a Mizzou game first. Decided my first. To get back to- uh, yeah, oh, my first Mizzou game in nine years. Um, have, have you Googled like all your old college stomping ground, like your favorite places to eat, to see if they're still open and still around? You know? They are. Most of them are. Um, but the, the thing is, it's like a it's a Saturday night game. Like the reason we're going is because like you never know if they're going to roll out an 11 a.m. kick on you. And then it's like, mm-hmm. OK, well, I work until midnight. So that doesn't work. Um, so but they were going to fly direct into Columbia and then we're going to go and uh, we're going to march around. I'm going to uh, see a couple buddies that apparently have tailgates still going. And uh, OK, it'll be, it'll you got your Mizzou gear ready. You got you got your Tigers gear ready. I do. I do have a I do have a, a Mizzou shirt. My wife is very excited too because like we've only been. She's excited because like in the SEC now they like all dress up and she's like I have to dress up now. So okay, okay. Now are you gonna load up? Are you, are you gonna get some more gear while you're up there? You know, Mizzou gear. You know, it's not not it's not easy to find. Here. So mm-hmm. you're, no, gonna, you're you gonna swing by and get a, get a couple extra t-shirts. Maybe swing maybe by a the caps. Swing by the bookstore. Maybe make a donation or two. So um, you're an alum. You're, you're you're a distinguished alum. alum. I don't know if we got it that far. Uh, but yeah, so I will be out and about on uh, and out of state this weekend for the first time in what feels like forever. So uh, we'll all be watching football on Saturday night, and I'll probably be on my phone checking the South Oak Cliff DeSoto score. Yeah, uh, while you're at Mizzou, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm be like, all right, yeah, Mizzou's up 14 nothing on Middle Tennessee State, and I'm just checking out if South Oak can punch this in in the red zone. There you um, go. Yeah, so there you go. That is our weekend. We appreciate you being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tap and Step. 